When starting a podcast, one step in the journey is landing a sponsorship. And in 2021, CT Startup is thankful to have two sponsors. One of those sponsors is Connecticut Innovations, or as some people know it, CI, an organization that has been a key player in turning Connecticut into a hub for innovation. In 2020, Bloomberg ranked Connecticut as the fourth most innovative economy in the country. And CI is one of those organizations here in Connecticut that can take credit for that ranking. CI is Connecticut's strategic venture capital arm and is the leading source of financing and ongoing support for innovative, growing companies. By offering equity investments, strategic guidance, and introductions to valuable partners, they are enabling promising businesses to thrive. For more information on how Connecticut Innovations can work with your company, please visit their website, www.ctinnovations.com. This is CT Startup, your source for information on entrepreneurs, investors, and resources in the Connecticut startup ecosystem. From university campuses to industrial labs, from Stanford to Hartford, and from Danbury to Norwich, if it's happening out there in Connecticut, you'll find it in here. Welcome to CT Startup. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us. We're, we're back for another episode of the CT Startup podcast. And, um, you know, one part of us doing this podcast is talking to companies that are, uh, you know, you can either categorize them as a startup or a small business or a side hustle or a growth company. Like there's many different kind of kind of uh, words we can put on uh, what it is. But, uh, you know, here at CT Startup, we want to talk to people who are trying new things, starting new things, uh, love to be in the ecosystem that we are here in Connecticut. So, um, so without further ado, I want to kind of introduce uh, uh, my guest, Paul Garino of PG Sports. Um, so I met Paul actually this past year, kind of uh, interacted with him through a project that I was working on at Sacred Heart University in Techstars. And um, it's been interesting to uh, kind of learn a little bit more about what he's been doing um, and kind of how he's uh, making inroads into uh, professional sports and trying to do a couple of other side hustles. So, uh, Paul, thank you very much for uh, joining us. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, so I'm from uh, originally from West Haven, Connecticut, uh, born and raised. Um, then I went to Sagar, as you mentioned. So uh, another Connecticut connection. Um, yeah, and I created PG Sports 2013. I meant 2011, and uh, this year is a 10 year anniversary. So it's pretty crazy. Uh, just putting out that logo um, of the 10 year anniversary. Just it's kind of like weird to me that it's been that long. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into stuff like that. Um, you know, doing all the different types of stuff from clothing, uh, to sports marketing. Cool. So I guess, tell us the origin story of PG sports. And so what did you actually go to school for at uh, sacred heart? Mm -hmm. Uh, for sports management as my undergrad. And then I went for communications and media as my master's, um, uh, pretty much just got the master's just cause like I figured I didn't want to go back to school. Like, so I was like, might as well just do it now and just get a master's Why not. Um, yeah, the origin story, I mean, it was just, I was literally, it was in between my, uh, freshman and sophomore year of college. I was home for the summer and, um, I just decided to create a Twitter page just to tweet about sports instead of, you know, right now my personal page. Cause you know, people would get annoyed at me just always talking about sports on my on my personal pages so i was like all right and then i don't i just you know i just put pg sports uh i think at the time the original handle was pg sports ct so back to connecticut uh the the handle wasn't available i got it a couple of years later though and yeah it was just to, to tweet about sports um i got some shirts made to just to to promote the twitter and then people liked them and then i hired a graphic designer well actually no i 
was looking up beast mode shirts because I was a Marshawn Lynch fan and um and I found the graphic designer that made his shirts and this was before he had his actual own clothing brand so I got in contact with that graphic designer and then he had like a giveaway on his uh Facebook page to predict the final score score of the Super Bowl as the Patriots um versus the Giants and I predicted the exact score so I won the t-shirt and then from there uh I hired him to uh get my logo done like the first 36 t-shirts business cards and um and just like uh, assets to social media um so yeah from there i just i started doing t-shirts and and then um i was pretty much doing influencer marketing before influencer marketing was a term um just reaching out to guys just annoying them on social media trying to get them to wear my gear and and just sending it out and just asking for a picture or you know, oh, asking for a tweet and then asking, well, if you don't want to tweet it out, well, can you send me a picture of you wearing it and I'll, I'll put it out. And, and then just from there, just kept on evolving. Yep. So, so you start, I mean, like you're, you're obviously passionate about sports, right? Like that's where mm-hmm. this kind of comes down to what's yeah. uh what's your number one sport. What's the one you're, uh, you're like the diehard fan of. Uh, so it's always kind of a weird answer now because growing up, I was always a big baseball fan, but uh, like I would say now is, is probably like boxing or MMA. Okay. Uh, I, I, Hey, I've, uh, become, a uh, an MMA fan over the past say eight, nine years. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's been uh, the past, uh, the past four years probably have been the most exciting, right. Uh, yeah. as, uh, what's been happening and, and so forth. So, uh, yeah, um, like I, I always been a boxing fan, like all my life, but, uh, MMA, like I was totally against it. Like during, even during college, I was totally against it just cause like, I was like, nah, like I'm a boxing head. Like, nah, like uh, MMA is just way too wild. And now, and now I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, now that they're crossing over and, yeah, you yeah. know, people are going back and forth. So, um, no, I mean, hey, listen, uh, the pandemic uh, this past year, I mean, uh, what the UFC did, uh, the way they innovated yeah. and the way they pushed forward. I mean, everybody loved that. I mean, I, I've watched more <laughs> UFC fights this year than any, any other time. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was just watching one at like 9 a.m. because it was whatever yeah. time <laughs> yeah 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 actually i'm not listen i'm gonna put it out there is that i was actually watching the khabib fight uh during one of the uh during a startup weekend so there was a lull <laughs> like a startup weekend and like it was like at two o'clock in the afternoon and it was the yeah. khabib uh justin gaethje fight so uh, yeah you, you, you have to do it um but uh so i guess like the so what was like when you first started pg sports what was it was it just like the blog was it just trying to get some your you know your thought thoughts out on on sports and then like you're looking at the, the clothing brand or were you always thinking about like going on to kind of help uh athletes manage their brands and kind of launch brands and stuff yeah so my main objection objection was to just start something so i have it for after college and i always want to be a sports agent so i just want to have some kind of foundation um instead of you know why would i start at when i graduate college like so i wanted to start something and then yeah i was just tw- i was literally just tweeting about sports i didn't even have a website until maybe like the second or third year and um yeah it, it was just really just tweeting about sports and then the shirts and then um and then just from there just always just reaching out to people getting them to wear the shirts coming up with different ideas um at the at the beginning there wasn't no print on demand system which, which there is now which is i don't know if people know about it. it's just like you know you could put the design up you could uh they they print it and then they ship it out to the people so at the time i was literally doing everything with boxes in my house or my dorm with uh inventory of stuff and it was just like crazy i was even like doing things like that and uh yeah and then just always you know keeping track of what sizes sold the most but then ordering those again and then it'd be different so it was different every time so like i'd suggest for people just not just take pre-orders i was doing that at the beginning 
Um, and that was really successful. But now with social media algorithms and all that, that doesn't really work that much anymore. But with the print on demand thing, it's awesome because I can just make whatever. Like I could just do anything. I mean, anyone could do anything. Yeah. So what, like, so I guess uh, thinking about, you know, we're talking about starting up a business and, you know, uh, and it's kind of interesting is that a lot of businesses, sometimes you're just, you're a consultant. So you're selling your services and you're trying to scale that uh, and you're trying to kind of create other products around it. Uh, a sports agent, I would, I would uh, presume it's similar to that, right? Like you're selling yourself, you're selling your services. So like, how does, how do you start a sports agent agency? Like what, 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 what was your thought process in, in starting it? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was definitely unconventional. Um, <laughs> I mean, just like, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of myths and different rules. Like I'm not, I'm not a certified sports agent. That's why I don't call myself that. I'm like, I'm more of a manager okay. and um, like a sports manager, sports marketer, uh, off the field type of things. Um, I think the biggest so, myth so is So by like, the way, an agent is like, you're getting deals for them on the field, right? You're like ne- yeah, helping you're negotiate their deals. contracts yeah, with the team okay. and the leagues okay. and stuff like that. You have to be certified. Uh, biggest myth is everyone thinks you have to be a lawyer and that's totally false. You don't have to be a lawyer. I think most of them require a bachelor's and some of them do require the master's degree. So I remember that's also why I got the master's degree just because I wanted to have like all requirements just in general for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think just, just starting, I just, like I said, I want to just have a foundation and through uh, the clothing, that's how I made the connections to the athletes, but just sending them the gear and then building relationships from there. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. So I guess w- at what point did you start actually working with athletes, uh, in kind of like your, the mm-hmm. progression of your business? Um, I don't even really remember exactly which year it was. It was just like, kind of, it's sort of like I was doing things for them that I didn't realize that was like a job almost like, so say like people ask me if they could get them on their podcast or an interview or something like that. And like, I didn't realize that's like PR and like, so it's like, I thought I was asking them for a favor, which I was asking them for a favor, but I was also helping them at the same time. That's kind of funny. Is that like you, uh, you think you're the one that's not, they're the ones providing all the value. And then then they're like, actually you're helping me out, man. Like you're, you know, like, actually, can you do this again? You're like, okay. You know, so, so, okay. So, um, so I guess like what, what, who was your uh, first athlete that you uh, landed and how'd you, uh, how are you able to land them? Um, like working with or like, or like to wear my product. So I guess, so I guess first off, where are you at right now? Like, are you more of managing, like selling your products and building your brand? Or are you more about working with athletes and trying to, you know, help build their off, off the field kind of presence? Um, well, yeah, like I'm always trying to build my brand, but, um, I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm not really focusing that much on apparel. I think that's what you're more referring to. So yeah. yeah, I'm not, but I'm going to do, but for, but since it's a 10 year, I have to do some wild stuff, like limited. <laughs> I want to do some limited things and things like that just cause yeah. I like it. And, um, but yeah, just building uh, people's brand. So I'll, I'll tell you the first athlete to wear my product was, was Chuck Novak, which was crazy. Cause that was my favorite, one of my favorite players growing up. Oh, nice. And, nice. and then, uh, like the first three, I would say the first four, I'd say was Chuck Novak, uh, Rob Jackson, he was from West Haven. He went to West Haven High, played for the Washington team. And um, and then I got Brandon Phillips, uh, all-star for the Reds at the time, and Renee Montgomery, who is currently who I work with on the management side and off the field. So, um, so through that, like, so I would say um, 
like her and then Tremaine Williams. Uh, he was on the Techstars thing with yep. me. I'd say those are like my first two that I really worked with like off the field. Nice. And so did you, did you get all of these, uh, um, all these first influencers through just DMing them and just trying to hit them up in different ways? Yeah. So, I mean, like Rob Jackson, it was just like on Facebook uh, message. Cause I mean, we were friends. I saw him from West Haven. Um, and then he wore it. I actually got to go to a preseason game and meet everybody. And then just like uh, Trent Williams and like Jarvis uh, Jenkins were like, and then uh, were coming up to me. Because uh, Rob Jack was like, oh, this PG, this PG. And you're, we wear your beanies all the time Like, because I sent them a bunch <laughs> down. So that was cool, too, just because – and then it was – it was, it just – it sucked at the same time because it was 2014, and uh, and, he, and he got cut right after that preseason. And it, I was just building up the relationship with them because they were like, yeah, we want more stuff, but it was cool. So Trent, Trent Williams, uh, he asked for more gear, so I sent him stuff. He was a three X. So I think that was like the first time I had to get, I had to figure out how to get three X. And, uh, and he actually wore it. He wore one of my hats, like on a commercial. So that was cool. Nice. Nice. And I mean, so it's kind of, uh, I mean, in this day and age, like you don't think that you, you'll actually get to the person that's behind like that screen name, right? You think you're gonna get to somebody else and sometimes just dropping them a line can, can lead to some great things down, you know, down the road. So um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I guess, so, you know, you started doing this 10 years ago, obviously, you know, it took a little bit of, uh, of time to get to the point where you're marketing and, you know, or like managing some of these athletes. Mm-hmm. But so I'm going to kind of step back before I get to the question is that when I was a kid, right. Or when I was growing up, you know, a professional athlete, people were like, yo, I want to be a professional athlete or an actress. Like that was like the famous and doing that kind of stuff. Right yeah. now, I, I would say that, you know, you know, being an entrepreneur and some of these guys that are running businesses, right. And entrepreneur, like that's an aspiration. Now that's the next yeah. kind of type of kind of person that they're going up to. So, you know, how is it like, tell us a little bit about how these athletes are looking at entrepreneurship and, you know, you know, coming off the field and kind of setting themselves for up for uh, after they they're, they're done playing. Yeah. So, I mean, I think everyone's growing in general, obviously it's just time as time goes on, yep. but yeah, it's like, um, even just like deals working out now is just like, instead of just money, it's just like getting equity in the company. Um, so things like that. And then people are just like thinking about all the field stuff. Like, you know, I would say like, even now just like starting as like a rookie, I'd say like they're way more thinking about it than like 10 years ago or five years ago, thinking about, uh, off the field stuff um or just like after playing career because you never know like when when your career is going to end obviously and things like that um so yeah i think everyone's just getting just like you know the more than athlete motto is um picking up a lot of steam Mm -hmm. now do you are some of your athletes thinking about like starting businesses afterwards or are they just thinking about like are or is it more like endorsements and trying to be more of like a you know kind of uh I guess the, uh, the kind of the, what a professional athletes usually do afterwards, like coaching, they do, they do yeah. speaking, they do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so yeah, for example, like Renee Montgomery, she started her foundation in 2019. So that was like, you know, her, probably her first business venture like by herself. Um, and then, yeah, just for example, just like Tremaine wants to work with other boxers. So yeah, it's still in the sports realm. Um, and then uh, I also work with uh, Quincy America. He's an MLS player and he has a whole different, his own brand, perfect soccer. And then he does like real estate and things like that. Um, so yeah, I think everyone has a little bit of different, I feel like everyone's still involved in sports somehow. I feel like it's like inevitable when you're an athlete. I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, the, it's, it's, it's the world, you know, and then it's yeah. also the world, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people that are doing uh, innovation work. I mean, they are changing. I mean, they, 
they're changing industries or adding to industries that they know because they know it and they know what to add or what to, you know, take away or what to, you know, make more efficient. So it obviously makes sense for them to stay within the, uh, the sports kind of arena, um, and kind of maybe pass it, pass it along. So, um, yeah, I think people kind of forget sometimes they're, they're experts in their field. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. That, that is it. That is a good point. I mean, uh, for a lot of people, I mean, I've, I've definitely had it. It's, uh, um, uh, imposter syndrome, right? You, you think that you're not, uh, good enough for the role that you're in, or you don't think that you're, you're, you're capable of the task at hand. And sometimes that's all about, um, you the reason why you're thinking that is because like you're pushing your boundaries, right? You're, you're trying to become, uh, do something that you've never done before. So sometimes it's a little bit awkward. Um, so I guess, how do you, how do you view yourself as an entrepreneur in like in PG sports? Like, is this something where it's, it's kind of just like a uh, personal brand that you're building up and, and you're always going to have, or like, you're always going to kind of stay small in the sense of having only a certain amount of clients, or is this going to be something where it kind of grows and you're able to kind of scale, scale it up a little bit and bring in, bring in other people. Mm-hmm. Now that you hit 10 years, I mean, you can think about the next 10 years, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say uh, I I don't I never really ins- aspired to be like mega brand or anything like that. Like I would like I want to be like I always say like I want to be like like how like a big like streetwear brand is like because they're still like small but they're but they're large at the same. Like I want to be like known but not like yep. I don't want to be like super big. Like I don't I don't want to be like a say like an octagon or something. Like I just want to be like I want to be like more of a. I think it's already happening right now. It's just like more of a niche thing where just like, you know, I'm talking to athletes and it's just like their, their management companies or whatever aren't doing what they want them to do because they have so many, they have too many clients. So it's like, I want to, I want, I want to take in that. And just like, even just like personal bull things like that. Like uh, someone said the other day, like, oh, uh, like I didn't like the lady said to uh, Renee, like, Oh, you, you guys are like actually friends. And we're like, yeah. So it was just like, like, yeah, like I'm actually like friends with the clients I work with. Well, I mean, it's a, uh, I guess it's a uh, kind of goes to like good and good and bad money. Uh, sometimes yeah. it's a, uh, and like being actually liking the people that you're working with helps. Yeah. Right. And, and actually thinking about where they, you know, the, the best interest of them helps. Right. Um, and I assume sometimes there's decisions that you help them make that aren't in the best interest of you financially, or you're or like where you may need to go, but yeah. it makes sense for their brand. Right. Or makes sense for, for where they're going to be later in their career. So. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, the other awesome thing that's happening now is, um, I'm sure you probably saw is just like the players that are coming out of um, college, the football players are now signing with a big agency, but they're signing with a small marketing agency. So I'm like, all right, this is good. This is amazing for me. And so that's the other side of it too, is that you, you're probably not as like regulated as like the sports agent Mm -hmm. world, right? Like you can kind of be a little bit more nimble and and everything. So, I mean, so, I mean, you can, you can kind of, uh, uh, I would, I would assume that there's probably some, uh, partnerships in the works that you can work with, with some, uh, agents mm-hmm. to, 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 uh, you know, help, uh, their, their clients, uh, create, uh, content and other stuff. Yeah, but, yeah for sure. Um, so that's why I like it too, because like, I'm kind of in a, in a good gray area. <laughs> <laughs> cause it's like, yeah. Cause like, I can't like, technically I can't get in trouble by a league. I'm not affiliated with them. Yep. Yep. Now, are you seeing, um, what, uh, what about like college athletes? What do you think about, I know, uh, we had a little bit about it in the startup week, but what about like uh, college athletes right now? And then being able to make money, is that kind of changing how you're kind of viewing who, who your clients may be or who you might go after? Yeah. So, I mean, that's another interesting point just to the thing. Like, I think 
I'm pretty sure I'm still kind of like eligible to talk to them without getting them in trouble uh, as of now. But I mean, once the official ruling goes over, then I could, I could definitely talk to them. Um, And I already like read up stuff and like the colleges don't even want to be involved. They're just like the players are responsible, but it's just like funny because they, you know, they just count, they just contradict themselves. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think, uh, and not all the, not all the States pass it yet. I know California did. uh, So that's obviously a huge one. So, I think they all just need to pass it and then we'll see what happens. I think, I think it starts in uh, the fall, maybe this year or 2022. So, so I guess for our listeners, uh, can you explain exactly what the ruling is or what, what we're uh, what's happening with the college athletes? Yeah. So they're going to be able to make money off their likeness. So say like a California, say some athlete that goes to UCLA uh, could go and do like an autograph signing and, you know, make money off that without penalty and things like that. Uh, right now, technically, I guess it's illegal. So it would be uh, – what are you going to say? No, I was going to say, like, I, th- I think, like, and their, like, jersey sales, I think they're going to have to make some kind of partnership with the athletes. And I think it's just going to be a whole domino effect of things like that. Like, a, like say, like, for example, it's just like Johnny Manziel. Like, this guy probably would have made millions in, in college while he was there. Yeah. So it is kind of uh, with like these new types of uh, regulations kind of going into effect. I mean, there's some maybe tertiary or indirect type of services that can go alongside it, right? Because you're just saying is that like the the university that may not want to get into the middle of those negotiations, right, or get into the middle of doing uh, doing stuff with them. So, you know, they're uh, you know just for for those other people that are, are looking to maybe uh, come up with an idea, there may be something there for uh, for you with uh, helping these athletes be um, you know at least negotiate a deal or figure out if there's an opportunity for, for them. Cause I, I, uh, it's, it's incredible how much money is made in college sports and obviously uh, not everybody uh, gets to share in that at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, obviously everyone's not going pro and there's, and there's star players uh, that could be hometown heroes and they could get like, you know, might not be a crazy amount of money, but it, it still could be some money for the local pizza shop or like, the cars sailed in or something like that to promote it like that. That's still going to be some nice money for them. Oh, for sure. And, and even thinking about it, I mean, technically there it's like semi-pro, you know, let, sure. let's put it that way. It's semi-pro and thinking about them off the field, right. Talking about them, like they may go hard for four years and it sets them up for a little career afterwards. Yeah. Right. And I, so and I don't same. think people realize that uh, all most are, I mean, unless you make it like, unless you're like an A-lister, most of your, a lot of your following is from your college days like on social media. Oh, for sure. Right. Cause you're, and then, cause, cause most of the time they're like, I knew that dude, we used yeah. to party, you know, like exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's uh it's definitely one of those things. Um, that, that's legit. Um, cool. So I guess what, uh, you know, uh, going, you know, thinking about the next 10 years are, is there certain things that you're, you're looking to do, um, you know, kind of with, with your, with your brand uh, or with some of your athletes in, in the coming years? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just always always growing. Um, like I said before, I, I grew up liking baseball, and I don't work with any MLB players. So that's one of my goals to uh, work with an MLB player. Um, and, yeah, just making partnerships with uh, with companies. I um, Just like sponsorships, basically, because I want them to know that uh, my clients will go above and beyond because of me uh, to get them different kind of social posts and things like that and just um, – that would be more valuable to them. Mm-hmm. 
So what's been like the the hardest thing in this journey for for you as a I mean you're you're basically a solo entrepreneur right you you're it's a one man show I mean I assume you you work with some other people on some stuff but what have been some like the hard the the challenges that you've uh, you've overcome Um I mean I think just <laughs> one social media is just ever changing pretty much <laughs> so it's always like keeping up with all that stuff um just uh probably just learning business side of things even, you know, getting LLCs, uh, taxes, things like that, uh, that people don't talk, people don't talk about colleges, don't really talk about stuff like that either. So it's kind of weird. Uh, I think a lot of people, even just setting up, uh, like I had athletes set up LLCs for themselves. And like, it's kind of strange to me that their agents don't tell them that because they could write off like anything from like, you know, traveling to whatever cities to play the games and things like that. Um, so yeah, basically things like that. And uh, just, yeah, always growing and trying to learn new things and just continue to grow. Yeah. Is it, is it, uh, is it, a um, when it, I guess Connecticut, right. Has, has what, like, are you staying in Connecticut just cause it's like, you're, you're familiar with it or do you think that this is actually a good place to, to, uh, you know, have your business and connect with athletes? I mean, we are close to New York. We are close to, you know, Boston's like that. So what's your, has, have, has it benefited you being in Connecticut or is it just again, because you're, you're, you've been born and raised? Yeah. Um, I think it kind of benefited me just cause like Northeast, I feel like kind of runs, runs the world almost in general, just cause like everything's always here. I feel like, um, but, uh, yeah, cause like, I, I think like a lot of people always said like, yo, you got to move and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm in a pretty good spot. Like if I was in, I don't know, no offense. Like if I was in like Arkansas, maybe I'd probably have to move. <laughs> But uh, and especially 2020 proved that uh, uh, which I already been doing is working remotely. So uh, that was awesome. And that's why it's weird to say, but like 2020 was one of my best years because I was, I think, ahead of the curve of just working from home and using technology. It wasn't a, a big shift for you, right? You just kind of was like, it is what it is. I'm, I'm already doing it. So just keep, keep, it, keep it rolling, right? Yeah, there, yeah, I would say there's like no, no shift. Uh, I'm already calling people uh on facetimes and things like that yeah and that's another interesting thing like some some athletes i work with i i haven't even met still um and we just know each other through mutual connections and things like that so has it actually been easier for you to actually connect with athletes and and connect with other people because there people are at least more willing to not necessarily have to meet you in person yeah yeah for sure um yeah i don't uh i think i probably only had like one meeting ever officially in person well i mean that that's for sure i mean i i talked to you for like three months you know never i've I'm, I'm still never met you you know like yeah. we've only talked about it so it's uh yeah. that is that is something that I, i've uh i've laughed about with uh this year is that like this year kind of um solidified yeah. it where i can i can actually meet people online right and yeah. actually that, connect with them without <laughs> actually meeting them oh, it's, it's funny just you, dawned on me it's funny you said that too because i on twitter i started i usually write like a yearly list of things like say uh, I had an X amount of podcasts done, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I think 2018 or 19, I started writing out like who I met that, that year and I tagged them in it. And then last year, so this year I didn't do that because I was like, I didn't technically meet them. And then I was like, I thought it'd be kind of weird if I, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be that weird, but uh, yeah, I virtually met blah, 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 this year. And I was just like, yeah. I, don't know. yeah. I definitely, I definitely met more like virtually more met like it with way more people this year than i have probably, yeah that's what I've, you know yeah when i think about it i probably did meet more people virtually than i would have met even if it was regular life 
For sure. And it's, it's, uh, and I talked about this with somebody else, um, a previous podcast, I think a week ago, a week or so ago is that, uh, I stopped going to some networking events because some of these networking events are, you start seeing the same people, same mm-hmm. conversations. Like it's like one of those things where I got to drive there and then, you know, it's just, it's just like a whole night. Right. And so, uh, I stopped doing that. So I stopped meeting new people, but then again, this year, because it's zoom, Hey, just pop on for a quick 15 minutes. We'll both drink a cup of coffee while we're talking and then yeah. we're, we're good. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, I mean, that, I think that's one of the positive things about 2020 was the technology that we had that we weren't utilizing. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Now, I guess, uh, are you, are you part kind of tech teacher for, uh, for your athletes too? kind of, uh, kind of setting them up so they can, uh, create new content and, uh, kind of uh, push everything out on socials. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, that's like another thing I just pride myself on is just like, you know, everyone always says like, you can't do like a million things. Well, I do, I do a million things and I know how to do a million things. And, uh, yeah. And I like to say like, uh, you know, jack of all trade, but I'm, I don't want to say master of none. Cause I'm master of some of them. <laughs> <laughs> you're mastering your, uh, yeah. you know, jack of all mastering one by one, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. kind of a thing. But, uh, yeah. So I, is, uh, is there, um, in terms of, I guess, when, when it comes to, uh, athletes, right. What would you, I guess, what are some kind of tips or, uh, ways they should be thinking about themselves? So this is for any athlete that kind of is listening to this, maybe potentially is like, what should they be thinking about, uh, when it comes to themselves off the field, or at least how to leverage their, what they're doing now off the field. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just some of the things that we already went over, just like when you're in college, make sure you do have all the social media platforms because that's where you get the large following from. And some people miss out on that. Um, so I'd always say, I always tell everybody you should at least have like Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and like the Facebook fan quote unquote fan page, business page, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And now I would say even add on to TikTok and like having your own YouTube channel too, because then you could like monitor, you could actually monetize off those, those apps, like through the app. And um yeah, so those are, that's like the the easiest tip I could give. But then I'll also obviously like posting and engaging with your your fans. Yeah, it's uh, I I assume some uh, some athletes they get to college and they're like, I'm gonna change my my Twitter handles. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> I'm, gonna, that's I'm, I'm gonna change it because they, yeah, they're like I created this. Now they probably created when they're 13, 14, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, even though you're not supposed to, but whatever. I would also um, say probably not use a crazy nickname. Use your initials or name or something like that. Um, just like I, I can say a perfect example. Um, it wasn't anything bad, but like Renee's Montgomery's was uh, the 21. And then she started doing Hawks broadcasting. So she didn't want like the Hawks tweeting at the 21 all the time. Yeah. So we got to change to Renee. Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, let's just change it to your name, you know? Yeah. So. Oh, and yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I, I, uh, for some people, unfortunately, uh, for, uh, some of the athletes, it's probably hard to get their actual name, but mm-hmm. you know, I assume that's, uh, that's when sometimes there's a little negotiation that happens with that. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we're just contacting them because sometimes it's inactive. Um, the accounts just might've been made just cause man, you can reach out to them and sometimes you get through, sometimes you don't. Oh, where, where was like Twitter or Facebook? You can actually yeah, yeah, reach out like to the actual, yeah. yeah, you got reach out through the, to the actual company. Nice. Nice. So, uh, so you also do a, a podcast, huh? So when did, uh, when did you start doing uh, podcasting? Yeah. So I started in 2018, my podcast called average of savage. Um, just always, I watched, I always liked watching interviews and then just all the connections that I had made 
I was just like, why not start a podcast? And I'm sure just like you, I started out just audio and now I'm doing video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then is that because 2020 you started doing the video? Is that a- yeah. <laughs> I probably would. I probably would still be doing this audio. It's way, I mean, it's definitely easier and way less editing. So, and I used to be able to like bang them out way faster. Yep. Did you, did you always go in person when you did them? No, I was always over the phone. So that's what I'm saying. Back to remote. Uh, so that's why it was easy too to just, like, I thought it was easy to get people um, before the pandemic because I was always like, I, I wasn't trying to do in-person interviews. Well, yeah, exactly. Because everybody was so busy. They're just like, dude, I'm not driving. I'm not, not going to Connecticut. The, I'm not coming to Connecticut. That's the other thing. I'm not coming to Connecticut, right? Then the in-person interview, it takes like almost like a whole day anyways. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So that's uh, yeah, and everybody's now booked for every single um, you know, Zoom call and, and so forth. But uh, <laughs> oh man. So uh, tell us, like, what it what is it about your uh, like the people that you have in the podcast? I mean, who are you trying to bring on? Are you are you bringing on other athletes? Are you bringing on um, like a variety of people? Or yeah, so I named the Average Savage and not PG Sports Podcast because I wanted to. Well, I wanted to initiate that. I'm not only interviewing athletes. So yeah, I have entrepreneurs on, actors, actresses, book writers, authors, um, jewelers, uh, anybody, pretty much any anybody. Any uh, any good episodes that uh, that that our audience maybe go uh, check out that you uh, you've done recently? Yeah, so um, I think my personal favorite will always be um, I interviewed the guy, uh, the founder of Starter, because uh, he's from New Haven, and obviously the clothing brand aspect. Uh, I got to meet him uh have a meeting with him so that was that was really cool just to pick his brain um and then my one of my most recent ones was uh ben baller uh famous jeweler and uh to like athletes celebrities and all that he and he has a podcast so that's how i got him because i helped him get uh somebody on his show and then he came on my show nice nice now have you seen been seeing like a rise of uh people looking for athletes for their podcasts and and so is that is that like a big thing is kind of connecting the dots to some of these other content marketers yeah like po- i mean podcasting is a big thing i mean i think it's better than getting an article <laughs> like well yeah but and also <laughs> i can i can maybe talk better than i can write or at least i yeah. think i can at least you know yeah, or, yeah, or, sure. or it's more natural for me you know not for maybe for other people but yeah yeah so i mean podcasting is obviously huge now um just building your brand building your brand off um <clears throat> interviews could get you anything it could get you brand deals it could get you jobs it could get you like if somebody listens to you and likes you and they reach out to you i i mean perfect example is just i interviewed Quincy America, who I talked about before, uh, summer 2019. And after our 45 minute podcast interview, we talked for another 45 minutes. And then like months later, uh, he hired me to run his podcast. And so, that's how it, that, that's how the cookie crumbles, man. That's, that's what it happens. It's just like one thing leads to another and, and you know, you, uh, you provide value one day and down the line value gets provided to you. So yeah, yeah for sure. So, so right now, now, now I'm on three podcasts. I have my own podcast. I do the Quincy's, Quincy's podcast, which is perfect soccer where I just interview MLS players and uh, women's soccer players. And then newly uh, in December just started uh, Renee Montgomery's podcast show whatever you want to call it because it's more of a show it's me her mom uh, and her sister on it so it's pretty interesting that that is an interesting mix so are, are you are you uh, just the the producer on this thing or are you no, no, actually I'm on, uh... I'm on we're all i'm on i'm on, I'm, on, I'm one of the co-hosts with them 
Oh, so this is like a, like table talk, like your version of table yeah. talk. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like we run down a couple of different topics a week, have an interview with a person, but she, she does interviews just one-on-one and then uh, we commented on the interview and things like that. <laughs> nice. Nice. So uh, what's your, what's your take on like sports cards and like, have you, are, are you, a, are you a sports card type person? Or are you, uh, uh, I've been seeing like the rise of everything and yeah. how, how uh, crazy. Things I was looking are going. if I had them over here, but I don't have them over but uh, yeah, um, I always collected cards when I was little. I think probably a lot of guys did when they were younger. Um, and then, of course, you know, you go back and you find your old ones and they're not worth anything. This is all I have left. Like, I don't know if there's anything worthwhile in here. Like, probably nothing. Who, who knows? You know? yeah, I had cards and it says like how much I paid for them. And then I looked it up. It was like maybe like a $5 card or $7 at the time. I look it up. It's worth like a dollar now. great great. but yeah um yeah definitely into that stuff same thing with the pokemon i looked it up i didn't have any of the good ones i remember not have i remember i never had a charizard but i remember being popular and i remember teachers taking them and i'm like yeah imagine that one teacher imagine that one teacher that just took like 20 of them from kids over the years (laughs) yeah like who knows oh my god like who knows how much money that is now a lot a lot so i guess is that like are you seeing that as a good sign for these athletes is how like it's kind of uh like they're off the again the off the court off the field kind of stuff is kind of getting a little bit uh, rejuvenated people are going wild about it yeah i'm just kind of skeptical about it just to see like after we go back to normal life which who knows is when if it if it does i know it's like skyrocketing right now um i'm sure you've seen the michael jordan rookie card just go crazy like from one i think it went from like 150 was the highest now is that 700,000 so yeah i don't i don't i mean i think right now it's a good thing i mean the gretzky one didn't gretzky go for a couple million uh a wayne gretzky card yeah and i think uh i think the mike trout card is now the highest ever it was like something in the millions i don't know but yeah it's kind of i don't know it's kind of crazy and that's why it's like there's so many cards like you don't how do you know which one is the most valuable it's like the say like I'm saying for the newer ones, like I saw like a Patrick Mahomes with like the jersey one, and I'm just like, but doesn't there have to be like a there has to be a good amount of those right now? It's not old. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I saw something. Uh, there's there's one podcast that I uh, I follow called the uh, uh, Pod Card Talk yeah. or Card Pod Talk, um, and uh, uh, I think they were going for like 50, 60 bucks, and now they're going for you know ten times that or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so, I mean, I, I mean, listen, if the kid keeps winning, if the kid if the kid wins this year, I mean, that's that's wild. But um, and I will have to, I do have to say is that I um, I uh, uh, I do know uh, his uh, or I, I'm pretty sure he still is, but his personal chef <laughs> and how he he actually has uh, his connection to to Connecticut. But um, oh yeah, his well actually his um stepbrother um plays here in connecticut oh really yeah uh i think it's yeah stepbrother or half brother um because he was playing this guy that i know uh he was playing on his seven on 17 <laughs> i forgot what his name was oh my god i want to say it's grant i think it's graham but he does his last name is Mahomes. yeah yeah <clears throat> so uh so i guess like in you know, we're going to kind of start wrapping, wrapping this up but it's like when you know in terms of other people starting businesses and stuff like that it's like what, what advice do you have somebody that, you know, think like almost in your perspective, don't know if they're going to become a sports agent, want to be in the world, you know, kind of want to start something like what advice do you have to that person? 
Yeah. Um, well, first, uh, my my go-to is always consistency is key because I saw not even just sports businesses or anything, just people starting their own businesses or starting their own podcasts and just not, you know, being consistent with it. And they think like, you know, it's going to take one year or two years or it might not take, like, I, 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 even like me, like, I don't think I made like an actual profit probably until like year seven or eight. Uh, because that, I mean, that was more focused towards the apparel side of things, um, too. So I think, yeah, just be patient and consistency is key. Um, always be genuine. Um, there's a lot of bad people obviously out there selling you not good stuff. Um, so yeah, just things like that. I mean, it's pretty basic. Be a good person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do unto others as you want to do unto you. Right. Um, I, you know, you know, it's, uh, that is something that I think is, uh, a lot of people don't kind of talk about when it comes to business is just, um, you know, going into, cause first off, when people think business, they think that you're, when you're selling something, it's like a, somebody always has to lose, right. Or somebody has to get more value over somebody else. And it, a lot of times that if you just go in there as a win-win, like I want to provide value to you and you want, I want you to provide value to me, whether that be you paying me or I get some, some service out of you, like there's, there's always something. And if it's, if you're going in there with the, um, with good intentions and, you know, just trying to be open and honest about what, what you're doing, it, it usually always goes better, even if, and sometimes it's like, you know what, we shouldn't work together or yeah. we're not the right fit together. Right. And that's good because down the line, you may, it, it may actually work out because you said no in that one moment. So, yeah. Yeah. I think another thing too, uh, people that are entrepreneurs shouldn't be scared to say that they have like nine to fives. Like I had one up until 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like, yeah, I don't think like people should be scared about saying that, um, things like that. Uh, I went on job interviews before that I had, you know, PG ports on my resume and they were like, why do you have, like, why do you want to work here if you're so successful at your business? Well, I'm just like, well, it's not making enough money to live off of, but I'm making some money off of it. <laughs> it's so, like, it's uh, growing. Like it's, yeah. it's getting to the point where I can do something, but you yeah. know. Yeah. So I say like, don't let people, don't let people uh, frown upon your, whatever you're trying to build because like, they don't know what's going on beyond the scenes and things like that. That's, you know, that's a, that's something that um, I definitely struggled with when I went and got my nine to five, you know, last year when I, when my business was struggling and everything like that. Um, and, uh, it's, it's something that, uh, has changed the way I've looked at, at building a business and it's something where, yeah, it's a side hustle or it's, it's, I'm doing this, I'm working for you for nine to five, but then from five to 12, I'm, I'm my own, I'm doing my own thing. Right. Yeah. And it's something where it takes time to get going. And, um, if, if, it, if it gets to the point where you can walk away from the nine to five life, that's, that's awesome. Like you did it. <laughs> so it's okay. And it, so, um, I think that's a, that's a valid point as well. Um, definitely, definitely a good one. So do you have a, you have a, do you have like a YouTube or like, where should people go and uh, check out, uh, your average to average and everything? Yeah. So yeah, I'm on YouTube, you know, um, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, um, the YouTube, yeah, the YouTube page, I believe is average, average to average. Um, like you do the, the back score and put the, put it in there. I have the, the URL. Um, so yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, I guess, uh, before we wrap up, is there uh, anything else? Uh, actually, uh, I've been asking uh, people about this, uh, any books or any other podcasts that you would recommend to uh, people or have, uh, really kind of, uh, kind of changed some, uh, changed, uh, the perspective for you this year. Um, I haven't really read any books recently. I don't really read books, but I like listen to them. So I don't know well, if you I listen to them too. So that's what I mean to listen or read, you know, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Uh, the last book I actually read, um, I believe was, uh, 
either one of Damon John's books or uh, Rise by uh, Daniel Rodriguez, which I work with. Um, so those are two good ones. Uh, I, I always like uh, I always like listening to you know entrepreneurial books um, or or autobiography. I'm not really into like this like sci-fi books. I'm into sci-fi movies, but not to like books reading. Yeah, you're stuff. you're into fi- you're into nonfiction, not fiction, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, podcasts. I listen to a, a variety. I'd say like I listen to Ben Ballers. I was still like another local one. Uh, it's called uh, the famously average because they talk about like national stuff and then like Connecticut stuff too. So I always like that. And um, I like Josh Hart's podcast. He's on the Pelicans the interview. I like less than like any interviews or like the people that I want to know more about than I listen to like their interview, them getting interviewed. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, cool. Well, Paul, I, I appreciate you, uh, um, you know, joining me and ch- chatting a little bit. Um, you know, now that you're, uh, you've reached a 10 year mark, you got some big plans for the next 10 years, I, I hope. Yeah, so and uh, the, kind of right here. <laughs> nice. You're getting all the swag. Yeah. Did, did, did you print out all the swag or you still got some more, more stuff you're coming out with? Uh, yeah, I didn't really, I've been planning out. Um, so the collection, one of the collections is, is going to be called uh, P versus G. Okay. So uh, it's going to be two two hats. One's just going to have a P and one's going to have a G, but they're going to be like customized, um, things like that. So I'm, I'm, I got to order them soon, actually, because they take like three months from New Era to get. Oh, nice. Oh, well, yeah. Those, uh, um, yeah, especially if they're coming from China, if they're coming from yeah, overseas yeah. at this point. So, yeah. but uh, nice, nice. Well, uh, listen, when uh, when that stuff gets uh, up, you'll give us the link. We'll put it in our uh, blog and everything. We'll uh, put the new logo and everything. So uh, mm-hmm. we're uh, we're happy to happy to promote you and support it. Like, like I said, I appreciate you coming on and uh, talking with me. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Thanks, man. It is with great excitement that in 2021, we are blessed to have two new sponsors for the CT Startup Podcast. One of those sponsors is CT Next, an organization each one of our hosts, as well as many of our guests and listeners have had the opportunity and pleasure of interacting with. I'm going to let Glendalyn Thames, Deputy Commissioner of the DCD and Founding Executive Director of CT Next, explain what CT Next does for early stage businesses here in Connecticut. So what is CT Next? Our, our mission um, fundamentally is really to equip early stage companies and entrepreneurs with resources, guidance, um, networks to accelerate their, their growth um, and, and really creating an environment where our entrepreneurs can really start their business, grow their business and thrive in Connecticut and positioning Connecticut as the most desirable location in the country for an innovative company to build and grow and create jobs. And we do this, uh, you know, a few different ways, right? Um, One by, you know, really cultivating a network of public-private partnerships and really acting as a catalyst um, that supports entrepreneurs from ideation and growth to exits. Um, but then also, you know, providing direct funding to companies as well. So we have many programs um, that are non-dilutive capital to help accelerate kind of the early stages of growth of a company. Um, and then, you know, we we offer uh, other programming relative to, you know, again, building that, that, in, that community infrastructure across our state. So if you think about, you know, incubators, accelerators, co-working spaces where that, that dynamic knowledge sharing is happening and where kind of innovation actually starts and, and occurs.
For more information, please visit www.ctnext.com. Thank you for listening to CT Startup. More Connecticut startup news, information, and events can be found at ctstartup.com. The weekly episodes of this podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and ctstartup.com. See you next week.